0: My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of The Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly Builders Call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. Today's training. i fired up about today's training. Uh, today's training uh, goes right along with last week's training. Last week, we talked about the activity tracker, commonly known as the 13-week tracker and how to use it, uh, the basics of using that. Uh, and this week, to follow up with that, coaching by the numbers. Uh, I'm a big believer that uh, that your feelings can lie to you, <laughs> your emotions can lie to you. If you've, um, I think everybody can appreciate that that's the truth. Uh, that your emotions lie to you all the time. Um, <laughs> things are never as good as you think. They're never as bad as you think. Right? It's always somewhere in between. And uh, years ago, uh, I was uh, I was sitting with my my friend Adam, and uh, I, had, I had routinely been beating him in personal production, and uh, and suddenly he was beating me. And I said, what did you do? What are you doing? What's different? And Adam said, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm tracking my dials and, uh, <laughs> and I'm just trying to make 75 dials a week. And now I know some of you guys are, are dialing machines, but his goal was $75 a week. I said, $75 a week? I'm surely doing that. Of course I'm doing that. Why am I not beating you in production? He said, I don't know. Uh, can you prove that you did 75 dials?" <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, and, and of course, he was talking about this from Frank Betcher's book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. Uh, and Frank said, track your numbers. Uh, and so Adam started tracking his numbers. And because Adam started tracking his numbers, I started tracking mine because I'm competitive and uh, there's just no way that he was beating me. So I, uh, I tracked my numbers. Uh, I, was, I sat down for a dial session. I felt like I had just dialed my finger to the bone. And it uh, turns out I'd made 30 dials. I thought I'd been working like crazy. And the truth was that my feelings, my emotions were lying to me, but numbers don't. Numbers are what they are. And uh, so I um, started tracking my numbers. And what I did was I created this thing called the activity tracker. I created it for me uh, to, to, to track my activity and my work and hold myself accountable. This was uh, never intended for the agent force to use, uh, but it was, uh, it, it, it was something that I used. And uh, over the years, it's taking on different looks. It's taking on different uh, colors and <laughs> made it pretty but it's a spreadsheet. And when everybody joins the FITS group, uh, we, you're, you're given a Dropbox folder and, and this activity tracker is included in that folder. So everybody should have one of these. If you don't let us know, we'll make sure you get one. Uh, but in short, it tracks your activity on the production side. It tracks your activity on the building side. Um, and what I want to do today is really kind of talk about once you're tracking these numbers and you're putting this data in, how do you, how can you tell what it's saying to you? Uh, Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad fame. Uh, I remember in in the first book I ever read of his, he said, it's not that people don't know what the numbers are, it's that they don't know what the numbers are saying. Uh, and he he called it financial illiteracy, but you may call it numeric illiteracy where you can see the numbers right there. You just don't necessarily know what the numbers mean and, and what they're trying to say to you. Uh, and so today I want to go through um, what, I look at when I'm looking at one of these sheets, I know a lot of you guys are working with your agents that you're bringing on board. You're you're, you're trying to coach them up. uh, And and I have found that uh, when I have this sheet in front of me, when I have their numbers in front of me, it's not about me telling them what they need to do. It's it's more about me showing them what their numbers are saying they need to do. Uh, I've also uh, recommended when people go to national events and they ask me, Uh, fits. I'm going to the national convention. I'm going to family reunion in July. You know, what do I need to uh, ask the top producers? What do I need to talk to them about? And I go, what does your activity tracker say that you need to learn at this event? Go to your activity tracker, see what it's trying to tell you. And, and now go to people and ask for advice on this. Now I'm because you have your numbers. I would uh, caution you about going to people who don't know theirs. Uh, If you're going to somebody and say, how many dials a week do you make? And they go, I don't know. It's gotta be like 200. Don't listen to them. They don't know. Uh, numbers are exact. You know, We're, we're not rounding here. Uh, it's <laughs> You make $197 a week. You know, you should know those numbers um, because that's a metrics of your business. That's, that's how you know how your business is performing. All right, so coaching by the numbers. We're going to go through gunshot wounds, number one. We're going to talk about gunshot wounds. Number two, I'm going to show you what to train. We're going to discuss what to train by looking at actual uh, – I have actual – activity trackers on here that, that I've, I've screenshotted people's activity trackers. Uh, and for extra credit, we're going to go over purposeful cash flow. So gunshot wounds, what to train, and then extra credit is purpose, purposeful cash flow. Um, and uh, I think you'll get something from that as well. All right, let's start with gunshot wounds. Uh, let's say you're uh, an emergency room doctor and a patient comes in with stage four cancer, high cholesterol, diabetes, and gunshot wounds to the abdomen. Which would you treat first? Patient comes in with stage four cancer, that's probably going to kill them. You know, it's, it's stage four cancer is bad. High cholesterol, left untreated, could cause death. Diabetes, not treated, could cause death. Gunshot wounds, could cause death. Which one do you treat first? You treat the gunshot wounds. Why? <laughs> uh, because these are the things that could kill you, right? Gunshot wounds are are the things, uh, a gunshot wound to the abdomen is going to kill you faster than stage four cancer, cholesterol, or diabetes. It is a more immediate pressing need. So you've got somebody coming to the emergency room. They've got all these conditions. You address the most life-threatening first. So what are the things that can kill you on the production side? Well, dials required versus average dials. How many dials your spreadsheet says you should be making versus how many you're actually averaging? By the way, with this activity tracker, as a reminder, we're looking at 13 weeks of activity how you did one week, how you did one week does not really indicate how good things are going right now. How, how poorly you did one week, like you may have had a good week. You may have had a bad week. Who knows? Uh, we look at 13 weeks. That's a quarter. That's that's enough time to give us some, some feel for the trends, but it's also not too much time that we can't see when things are improving or getting worse. So let's look at the dials required versus average dials. You see it there on your screen where... Your spreadsheet tells you in that right-hand column under production how many dials per week you should be making, and then you look over at the uh, how many dials uh, that you are actually averaging. I, I mean, really and truly, uh, this—I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking about numbers right here, and I don't have an, an exact stat here, but I would say nine times out of ten, when when I'm when somebody comes to me with their activity tracker and we're reviewing their numbers, nine times out of ten, they're just not making enough dials. They're saying, Fitz, by God, I believe in what we're doing here. I think I believe in having fun and making money and making a difference. And I just, I love the Fitz group and I love my manager and I love, I love Slack. And I'm just not making the money that I want to make. And I go, well, let's look at your numbers. See all that emotion all bound, it's got y'all bound up. Let's look at the numbers and let the numbers tell us what you need to do. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Your numbers are going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Okay. The first thing I look at that first gunshot wound nine times out of ten is dials per week. How many dials you're actually averaging? And I just I I I try to convey to my children and I try to convey to people that I that I coach and lead that you just in life don't get beat on the things you have control over. Don't get beat on the things you have control over. Uh, my kids, my my two older uh, kids play pretty competitive soccer. And they come off the field, and, and inevitably, they're going to complain about a referee. I mean, if you watch sporting events, at some point, you're going to complain about a ref, right? Uh, the ref is the one that's the universally hated among all fans and teams. Uh, the, the ref never can do a perfect job, right? My kids come off and talk about the ref, and I go, hey, 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 that ref was the same ref for the other team, too. <laughs> so let's, let's not get hung up on what the ref didn't do right. Let's talk about what you had control over that you didn't win on today. Let's talk about that. Well, all these other categories, all these other gunshot wounds we're going to go through are really irrelevant if you're not making the dials per week that you're supposed to be making. If your activity tracker is telling you to make 200 dials a week and you're making 50 listen, pal, I don't care how many people you get on the phone and book appointments with and make sales. I don't care how many, how perfect the rest of those numbers are. You're not doing the work required to make the money that you want to make. That's what your spreadsheet is telling you. I'm not telling you. You're not telling you. Your spreadsheet says, hey, here's your numbers that you put in. This is what it's saying, right? So we look at the dials per week. That is the number one gunshot wound. Next, how many of the dials that you're making are actually, you're actually reaching? So when you're making a dial, you got somebody answering the phone on the other end. We call it percent of dials that are contacted. When four-year-old little Janie answers the, answers the phone and says, "Daddy's on the potty," that doesn't count as a contact. How many how many people are you actually getting on the phone that you could book an appointment with? That's that's right there. That's that's the that's the number underneath the contacts. Now we we don't have on our on our activity tracker. We have the baseline ratio of what we expect, and then we have the current ratio, which is what you're experiencing. We don't have a comparison there on the how many contacts. Um, on the percentage of people that you're getting in touch with. We don't have uh, a, a, a a baseline ratio there. You, you make the dials and get people on the phone. I mean, however many, how many dials you got to make to get people on the phone? Like there's no, some people just have, I don't know, have better luck. Uh, some people are calling at different times and, and, and their schedules will not allow them to call at different times, whatever. Whatever your contact rate is, it is. Now, I will say this, that we see on Tuesday mornings, um, if you, observe it on Tuesday mornings when we're going through production activity for the week, people, the numbers that people reported for the week, you'll see the contact rate usually is around 15%. Uh, 15% is what, as a group, we end up averaging. Now, what if your number is 8%? I, I'm not positive of how to improve your contact rate. Uh, maybe quit dialing at 2am. <laughs> well, I'm not dialing at 2am, Fitz, but well, I don't know then. Um, <laughs> maybe... Maybe you're in an area. Maybe maybe your phone number looks like a long distance number, and people don't answer that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's there's little tweaks and stuff that you can do there. But ultimately, this is a gunshot wound. But it's not to me. It's not a huge pressing gunshot wound. This is this is a problem. And and if your contact rate is zero, clearly there's a problem. Um, but uh, you should be averaging anywhere from 12 to 17 percent. Some people have 28 percent contact rates. I don't know why. Um, they don't know why. It just is what it is. Okay. The next gunshot wound is the percent of contacts that book an appointment. So you made your dials, you got people on the phone. How many of those people that you got on the phone actually booked an appointment? What's the percentage there? Well, on your activity tracker right there, we, ex- we expect 50% of, of the people that you talk to on the phone, 50% to actually book an appointment with you. From that, you should get 50%. So if you talk to 10 people, you should book five appointments. And if you sit with top producers and watch them make dials, their numbers are right at this. And we didn't make up, we didn't just haphazardly make up these baseline ratios. These baseline ratios are based on experience of 20 years of watching people make the dials and book the appointments and run through the whole sales cycle. Next gunshot wound. How many of the appointments that you booked actually showed? There it is. It's, it's right underneath the, the sits column. We expect 75% of the appointments that you booked. To actually show. Now we're going to get into a second on what to train. We're going to get into a second on what to talk about. But right now I'm just highlighting these gunshot wounds. I'm showing you how the spreadsheet highlights to you what the problems should be. Next gunshot wound, percent of sits that write an application. So you a sit is defined as you walk in the front door, you're sitting down with a, with with husband and wife or you know the, both decision makers if there's two in the house, they're both sitting down with you right? That's what a sit is. If you get to the house and it's a one-legged appointment, meaning, you know, the wife just ran out for groceries, forgot all about your appointment. It is what it is. If you knock on the door and nobody answers, that's a no-show. That's not a sit, right? You walked in the front door and sat down with them. That's why we call it a sit. Um, Percent of sits that write an app. So of the people that you're sitting down with, how many of them actually wrote an application? That's that's the number right underneath the apps column of the activity tracker. Now, I, I will say uh, we expect a baseline ratio of 100%. we expect a 100% app rate. now let's be let's be clear about this. we don't expect you to close every appointment. that's unrealistic. nobody is 100%. i mean the only only possible way you're 100% is you've run like one appointment or something. <laughs> right? my best record was i was about 9 months in a row I uh, went and 9 months and didn't miss a sale. I, i'll tell you offline another time how i i broke that streak and 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 cost myself a sale. But um, people are trying to call me while I'm on the phone here. <laughs> Phone's always ringing. But uh, app count. So here's what we expect. We expect you sit, you sit down with uh, with with a family, and you don't make a sale. But your next appointment, you write husband and wife. If you look at that, first appointment you didn't close anything. Next appointment you wrote husband and wife. That's two apps and two sits. Hundred percent. Does it make sense on the baseline ratio there? That's the gunshot wounds on the production side. Let's look at the things that can kill you on the building side. Looking at the building side of the activity tracker, how many interviews that you need versus how many that you're actually booking. It's right there, right there on the the building side of the activity tracker. It's highlighted how many interviews per week you need. And that first column shows you the average of interviews. I know my numbers. I I don't track the production side. I'm not in personal production anymore, but I still am hiring. And a lot of my hiring is in depth. Uh, I don't do a lot of uh, talking to people off of ads anymore right now. Uh, right now, I'm just overwhelmed with people to talk to in depth. And so I know how many interviews a week I need, and I'm constantly trying to hit that number. And I'm constantly tracking my numbers uh, and, and inputting it in here. So I know how many I need. I know how many Bruno needs. And, and I've also combined the numbers. I know how many interviews we need combined to hit our recruiting goals. Uh, again, most of the time, just, just like on the production side, you know, on the production side, if you're not hitting your, your income goals that you got, you, you're most likely not making the dials that you need to make. It's just a simple, it's a real simple fix. Just make more dials. Well, a lot of times the recruiting challenge for people is they need more interviews. Uh, and, and I'm not going to ever knock somebody that did one interview this week. But listen, one interview a week is not going to get you where you want to go as fast as you want to get there. Let's be, let's be real about it and track your numbers and your spreadsheet will tell you the same thing. It'll verify what I'm telling you. Um, it just is what it is. If you're doing one interview a week, you're not learning at a fast enough rate to get better. If you're doing one interview a week, I don't know why I'm picking on one. Uh, <laughs> I got good at doing interviews really quickly because I was doing 20, 30, 40 interviews a week and just just, I mean, compressing timeframes getting better fast. Right. And also running a whole bunch of people through it at one time. So even for those who uh, I, I mean, I, I, for those that maybe I wasn't good enough to recruit them because I was just talking to sheer numbers of people, I was bringing people on board, you know, as they say, in, in, in where I grew up in the country, you know, blind hog finds a nut every now and then, you know, and, uh, or blind squirrel, whoever's looking for the nuts. Uh, <laughs> even if you're terrible at this, if you're doing sheer numbers, you're going to get positive results. Uh, that's the point. Most people on the building side just just, just aren't, aren't getting enough interviews booked. Um, of the interviews, the next gunshot wound, of the interviews that are booking, how many of those interviews sit? That's under the sits column. Very similar to uh, the, the, the sits column on the production side. Uh, we do expect uh, 50% of the interviews that book to show. Well, if you're not seeing that, there's a problem, we can fix it. But the numbers are revealing to you that there's a problem, right? It's not about feeling. How, how many of the sits actually fast track? Fast track is filling out that basic uh, onboarding information. The way I describe it to people coming on board, anytime you've ever started a job, you have to meet with the HR department and they give you a stack of forms to fill out. We're going to do the same thing. It's done online. Uh, it's the onboarding information, basic background information. You're going to fill out a W-9. You're going to fill out direct deposit information so we can pay you uh, and the tax information so we can report your taxes. Uh, but you know that's that's the onboarding information. That's the fast track. When that's been completed, uh, and you see that under the aptly named column fast track we expect fifty percent of the interviews we sit with to fast track. We expect fifty percent of the interviews we sit with to fast track and 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 I have said <laughs> i've been i 've been quoted as saying that you know at this stage in my career if i 'm below fifty percent you're're you're, you know they 're taking sharp objects away from me <laughs> like i i really i really At my stage in my career, my my number should be well above that. Uh, But even getting started out, your number should be above 50%. If it's not, again, we can can work on it. Uh, Percent of fast tracks that contract. So of the people that you fast track, how many actually get contracted? There it is. Now, uh, we skipped right over the referral column. Um, the, The referral column is not a gunshot wound. Uh, We skipped right over the getting people signed up in school. That too is not a gunshot wound because maybe you're talking to licensed people. Well, they would never sign up for school to get their license. They already have their license. See how that works. Uh, I I will say that on the non, on the, on the activity tracker, we do break it up into licensed interviews versus non-licensed interviews. And, and I do expect a one for one. Here's what I mean. I expect of the people I fast track, that are not licensed, I expect 100% of them to sign up for school because I don't sign somebody up for school without fast tracking them first. We fast track, then get them signed up for school. Well, Fitz, I mean, why do you do that? Just because I don't see any point in getting them into our system if they're not going to sign up for class. I don't, I don't see any point. in it. Uh, I think it's wasted time, wasted effort, wasted energy. Uh, it's just, it doesn't. I, maybe I'm wrong, and somebody could argue me. And argue me down off my, off my soapbox on that, but I just don't see the point in it. Uh, so 100% fast tracks to new in school. Uh, we do have the baseline ratio showing 50% uh, of the fast tracks getting signed up for school. You should certainly see above 50% as a baseline. Uh, but I really think it should be really doggone close to 100%. Uh, you may fast track somebody and move right into signing them up for school and suddenly they're like, hey, whoa, I don't have the 50 bucks for class. Well, that would be a time when you don't get them signed up for school and now you're putting it off and maybe they don't do it in two weeks when you, when you put it off to. That's why we give you some, some grace and say 50%. But of the people you fast track, we expect at least a third of them to contract. Well, Fitz, if they, signed, if they filled out all that onboarding information, what would keep them from, from finishing the contracting process with us? <laughs> That's a great question. All kinds of stuff. Um, I, you know, we fast track some people and then they just disappear. Like the agent protection program, the witness protection program, they just disappear, change names, (laughs) change, change where they live. They, you can't get in touch with them for nothing. Uh, some people do the fast track process and then they just don't ever complete the contract. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, a third is what we expect minimum. And then, uh, the, the, the last gunshot wound on the building side is how many of those contracts actually write their first app. Let's be really clear. The purpose of recruiting here is not to recruit. And that sounds weird, but the purpose of hiring is to get people up and making money. That that's 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 why we're hiring. I mean I I, I hire because I make my living off of overrides, and so I hire that new person. I, I I do everything I can within my power to get them making money because they need to make money. And that's also how I make money. And so We try to do that now. If you're recruiting a whole bunch of people, um, if you're recruiting a whole bunch of people and they don't write their first app, there's something missing in your process. There's something that we're not we're not uh, completing. I just saw that chat there. Yes, some people pass the test and then don't apply for their license. It's like all kinds of crazy stuff happens. But I knew when uh, back in the day, back in the day when I was getting good at building, I knew that if I talked to ten people if I interviewed 10 people, I knew that I was going to get three of them to, to sign contracts, and I knew I was going to get at least one of them to sell. Now, my numbers were better than that, but that's what I banked on, um, and, and that's, that's what we're showing here is the baseline ratios. So I, I will say that my numbers were, were closer to three. They were a little over two uh, I would get you know, for every person contracted, a little over two of them, but this was just me. I had no staff. Uh, even Heather wasn't working with me yet. It was just me. I knew if I hired three people, I was going to get my averages were a little over two that would actually write their first app. I think there is an advantage when you do the whole process yourself. I think you get better results. Uh, one of the things that, that I saw over the years is when I was doing the interviews, but then handing them off to somebody else to fast track. Sometimes uh, they, that trust wasn't there and that, the, the person that was fast tracking couldn't get the fast track. I, I do think there's a distinct uh, advantage to doing the whole process yourself. That said... You're not going to build a very big business if you are always an army of one. <laughs> you, you should hire staff, and this is not a coaching on that, but, but John Maxwell always says if you can hire somebody that does the job 80% as good as you, hire them. Uh, Craig Rochelle, another guy I love listening to, Craig Rochelle says, if you can hire somebody that does the job 50% as good as you, but there's upside potential where they could actually improve, get them doing it. Um, and, and so that's, that's where I'm at in a lot of that process, and it's good. But I think the numbers are better. Uh, percentages are better when you're doing the whole process yourself, for sure. All right, so now that we've gone through the gunshot wounds. Let's talk about what to train. Uh, and if you're listening right now and you're not watching the screen, uh, it, 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 you may get lost a little bit here in the numbers. Maybe you already got lost in the numbers. <laughs> Maybe you stopped listening hours ago. I don't know, uh, or, or minutes. We haven't been doing this an hour yet. Uh, but let's let's look at what to train. These are some old activity trackers. Um, I don't even. I really, honestly, don't even know whose numbers these are anymore. Um, Though, so if I studied them for a long time, I could probably guess them. I think these are from a couple of years ago. Uh, but looking at this first person's tracker, gunshot wounds, what to train on. So, what, I, what am I looking for here? Well, uh, this person is, uh, let's see, let's see if you follow my mouse here if you're watching the screen. This person needs to make, has high ambition on personal production uh, and their numbers. Uh, they need to make 504 dials per week. 504 dials per week. Yowza. Yowza. Okay. Um, that's a lot of dials. And without even getting to all of it, 504 dials per week, it's a lot of dials. And uh, at this point, I'm I'm really wanting to assess with this sheet, is this guy's numbers realistic? I mean, let's talk about his, because this goal right here is issue paying $41,000 a month in personal production. Uh, $41,000 a month in personal production is not a common thing, uh, even amongst us. It's not, uh, not everybody does that. It's 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 not uh, that's elite air. So maybe this guy, maybe we really need to discuss his goals. Uh, maybe his goals are too ambitious, too lofty. Uh, maybe it's just too high. But looking at this sheet, I first look at the number of dials he's supposed to be making per week. That's 504, and then I compare it. I compare it to how many dials he's actually averaging. Well, I'm saying he because I don't know who this is, and I believe in doing that. He is an, a non-gender specific term. Uh, We could say she, let's go. She, if somebody gets offended by that, I don't care. Um, (laughs) They need to make 504 dials and the average over the last 13 weeks has been 199.85, 200, 200 dials is what he, she is averaging and they need to make 504. We could just stop right there and talk about, I mean, I think on this sheet 504 indicates that there's something majorly wrong with the goal. It's crazy high. Um, Uh, but, but be that as it may, not making the dials, just not making the dials. If you continue on through this, um, (laughs) if you continue on through these categories though, that we just talked about as gunshot wounds, let's look at, uh, contacts here is 11%. of the dials he's making 11% are, are, are answering the phone 53% booking rate. That's good. So here's the next, next level, whole nother level. Here's the next level of figuring out what you're supposed to train on. Palacha handy-dandy calculator. Got mine right here. Office Depot Classic. I'm not being endorsed by them. Um, <laughs> they're not paying me to say that, but I have about eight of these sitting around my desk at any time. Uh, Office Depot Classic. I'm going to look through these current ratios and baseline ratios. I'm going to go back to like uh, second, third grade, whenever we did fractions in school. And I'm going to look at these as fractions. So if I look at the current ratio under the appointment category, we see 53% is the current ratio. 50% is the baseline ratio. So let's treat it like a fraction. 53 divided by 50 is 106, 1.06. Look at that like a a grade in school. Okay. This is what we're, this is, I'm, I'm now we're going to, we've, we've gone through what the gunshot wounds are. You, You can, you can identify what they are, but let's focus on which one really is the main problem versus the others. How do you do that? You treat these like ratios and address the poor grades, the poorer grades first. Well, 53 divided by 50 is 106. If you were in school and you got 106 on your report card, is that a grade that you need to work on? No. So the problem here is not what he's saying on the phone to book the appointment. That's not what we need to train on. Okay, well, let's look at the next category in this this particular spreadsheet. You see under the sits column, there's 68% as the current ratio. Baseline ratio is 75%. So we expect 75% of the appointments to show, and he or she is seeing 68% show. Well, let's do the math. 68, got my handy-dandy calculator, 68 divided by 75, that's 90.6. We'll call that a 91. You got a 91 on your report card. I mean, in college, that was an A. I think in in high school, that would have been like a, a, a B minus or, I'm assuming, a B plus or something. 91. I mean, Are you really going to get upset about making a 91? I don't think that's bad at all. So let's look at the next next column. Again, I'm looking for failing grades is what I'm looking for here. Where are we failing? Next column, app count. Uh, This column says uh, he's currently, he or she, is currently experiencing 65% app rate. And we expect 100%. So 65 divided by 100 is 65. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's our failing grade. Okay, well we really were failing at the number of dials we need to make versus what we were actually making. You know, we needed to make 504 dials, but we're, we're, we're making 200. Okay. But I'm continuing on for training purposes. What do we need to train on here? Well, one, need to talk about his goal and make sure it's realistic, but two, we really need to talk about his in-home presentation because in his in-home presentation, he's not, he's not making a sale, averaging a sale appointment. He's failing in that category. That's what we need to talk about then. So what do we train on? We, first of all, I want to know how the in home presentation goes from beginning to end. And so now there's a lot of questions and there's a lot, of, a lot of conversation. Okay, so when you ring the doorbell, where do you stand when you ring the doorbell? I mean, the big thing, I mean, that's a little thing, right? When they open the door, what do you say? What's your opening line? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're training on. Um, when, when you sit down, hey, hey, let me ask you this that last appointment you ran, uh, let's see this, this one week you had, um, uh, let's look at, uh, you had four appointments on that May 26th. You had four appointments sit, but you only wrote two apps. Let's talk about those, those four appointments. Tell me about this first person. Why do they want to buy? Well, they want to make sure his wife was protected and, and what? Is there more? No, I just want to make sure his wife was protected in case he died. You didn't get emotional at all. Again, here's one of these uh, made-up stats, but it's, it's a high percentage. Nine out of ten, let's call it. Nine out of ten times, you if you don't make a sale. Here, here's what I know, and I learned this years ago listening to Zig Ziglar. If people, if people like you, they'll listen to you. People like you, they'll listen to you. And if they trust you, they'll buy. If they're not buying, they don't trust you. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm looking at that. I, I'm not accusing anybody of people not liking you. I'm looking at me. If people don't buy from me, they don't like me. And I need to address that. How do you get people to like you? Talk about them. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's get to the bottom of the emotion in that appointment. Why are they buying this? Why is this important? What does it look like if they don't have it in place? How's their life affected then? Let's get to the the root emotion here that's going to get them to buy. And by the way, when you get to that root of the emotion, they start trusting you more and more the closer and closer you get to the main problem. Okay, let's move to another spreadsheet. Here's another one. <clears throat> so rolling through my gunshot wounds. First, I'm looking at how many dials per week does this person need to make? 138. How many are they making? 73. Ding, 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 ding. There's a problem. They're just not making enough dials, period. You make the dials, the numbers are going to play out. I don't care what, what your rest of your ratios look like. If you're making the dials, the numbers play out. Um, so not making the dials. But again, looking through this, I see this person has 38 over 50. Uh, there's, there's a problem there with the appointment ratio uh the the sits actually looks pretty good that's not a problem but the the people they're talking to they're just they're booking appointments 38 percent of the time what are you saying on the phone is what i I, i'd want to go over your phone script one of the big things i would i do on training uh somebody on their phone script anytime i've role played somebody's phone script with them it's always perfect (laughs) it's like it's like perfect i want to hear real time they 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 don't like nfl or, or, or high school football or any sport really watches the game film of what actually happened. So what I like doing is hey, when you're making dials, record your phone calls and listen to the recording as somebody who's not the one making the dials, but let's just let's just think that you're the one in charge of fixing this person's problem. You get paid $10,000 an hour to fix that person's problem. Listen to the phone, listen to the recording that way. If and when I'm coaching somebody, if they listen to the recording and they can't actually figure out what they're doing wrong, I tell them to send me the recording. I'm not going to sit and listen to an hour of somebody making dials, right? But after a couple of uh, conversations, I'm going to be able to figure out what they're doing wrong. I'll hear it. And it's not usually something big. It's usually something really small. So on this sheet, I'm getting hung up with them on the, how many dials you're making and why aren't you making enough dials? And let's look at your calendar and figure out when you can make more dials. Uh, and when you're making dials, are you making dials, making dials, making dials? Or are you making dial, checking email, making dial, checking checking Facebook? How are you, what's your, what's that activity look like? But then taking it one step further, I'm really concerned about their phone script on this sheet. Okay. Moving forward. Next spreadsheet. This one looks pretty decent, I think. Uh, they're not making enough dials. I mean, again, on this on this particular sheet, it says 138 dials they didn't make on a weekly basis. They're making 47. But if, as you go through it, I mean, the people they're talking to, 56% are booking. That's great. Uh, 76% are showing. That's great. Nothing wrong at all with their phone script. But holy cow, 48% of uh, app rate, which means we expect 100% and f- uh, uh, app rate and 48% is what we're experiencing. That's terrible. 48 divided by 100. Treat that like a fraction. That's a 48. That's a failing grade. I don't care what school you're in. <laughs> Less, that's not good. So what are we working on here? We're working on their in-home presentation. Working on their, uh, their, their, uh, their in-home presentation and really helping them get better at uncovering People's why uncovering that emotion moving along. Okay, this spreadsheet says this person needs to make 427 dials, they're making 109 again. Like I say, nine out of 10 times, even and these are good producers we're looking at here. Even even the best producers oftentimes aren't making enough dials, but but moving on through it again, like we could improve on the appointment booking rate, the sit rate. I'm not really uh, down about those. The app rate again is 77%. There, this is this is. This is one that I look at and say we need to work on the in-home presentation uncovering the why. They don't have a major problem. This, this sheet we're looking at here doesn't have a major problem with the, with the uh, phone script. They got a major problem with the in-home, I believe. I mean, I got several spreadsheets we've continued going through. I really want to look at, uh, let's look at this sheet here and uh, look on the building side. Okay, looking at the building side of this particular sheet, they need to make, they need to book 27 interviews per week. 27 interviews per week, and they're averaging 13. Not enough interviews. See, it's, it's funny. I mean, consistently, people will feel like they're working their guts out. But when we look at the numbers, when we look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Man, yes, look, you're averaging 13 interviews booked a week. That's awesome. 13 interviews booked a week is awesome. But you need 27 based on your results. So, you're not doing the work that you need to do. Now the numbers are telling you, I'm not, numbers are saying it. I'm just, I'm just highlighting it for you. Right. Where Ultimately though, I mean, if that's not the problem, where is a problem for him uh, or her? I think, I think not fast tracking enough people. So in this particular person, they're, they're fast tracking 43% of their sits. Their sit rate is pretty good at 57%, but 43% of those are fast tracking. So at this point, I want to go through the in-home, uh, excuse me, the uh, the interview process. Again, if people aren't buying from you, in this case, if they're not fast-tracking with you, they don't trust you. So what are you saying to get them to not trust you? What are you not doing to earn their trust? Nine times out of ten in that scenario, you're not uncovering their why. You're not figuring out why they would need to work with you. Another sheet, we we'll look at the, uh, it, it gets to be, I mean, you look at these sheets and if you look at enough of them, uh, if you're not just looking at yours, but you're looking at other people, you're, you're going to start seeing it too. But as you're going through this, okay, this, this person needs to make $483 per week and they're averaging 117. 117 is not bad, but it's not near what they need to make. So uh, I know that 483, when you get above 250, $300 a week uh, that somebody needs to make in order to hit their goals, just understand that's starting to get into crazy numbers for our numbers. Not Maybe not if you're in the oil and gas business, but for our business, if you're making 200, $300 a week, most likely it's more than enough, but in this, in this scenario, they got to make 483. That's a huge dial count. That's a huge number to hit every week. But, but looking through it, I can see that this particular person has 24% of the people they talk to book an appointment. We start fixing some of these other gunshot wounds, that dial number is going to come down because this person's goal is 24000 and issued paid. They don't need to make 483 dials in order to do that. So there's other issues, other gunshot wounds that are causing internal bleeding. <laughs> we need to fix those. This particular person is not 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 great on the phone. How do I know? Well, because 24% of the people they talk to are booking an appointment, not great on the phone, and uh, and then 59% of those are actually showing for the appointment, not great on the phone. They're actually not bad in the home. 74% are are, uh, are writing an app. Hey, love it. That's rocking. What to train on? Again, looking at this one. <sighs> um. You, you get it. I don't want to beat it up too much, especially if you're listening to this. You're not necessarily hearing it uh, or seeing it that well. Um, this person is actually doing pretty well. I mean, you see that here, they need to make 62 dials per week. They're averaging 64. Uh, going through the different categories, all the different categories look pretty good. However, on the building side, they need to book 47 interviews a week and they've got 13 on average. Not good. Not good. Okay. Let's go into extra credit now. The purposeful cash flow. When somebody comes to me and their numbers look good, and there's no major gunshot wounds on the, on the activity. They're making their dials. They're getting the appointments booked. The appointments are showing. And they still say, Fitz, I feel like I'm not as profitable as I could be. What am I missing? I go to their spreadsheet. I pull it up. And I start noticing some things. First thing I notice is referral numbers stink. This particular person here we're looking at, they, uh, they're, they're turning in average of $4,200 a week in production. But their referrals... The referrals are terrible. We expect baseline ratio. We expect five referrals per application. That's impossible, Fitz. No, it's, it's an expectation. <laughs> this person's getting less than one. They're getting half of a referral per application. Now, you may think five, five referrals per application is unrealistic, but less than one is not trying. <laughs> it's not trying. You're not asking. So I'm going to work with this person on referrals. You want to improve your profitability? Get more referrals. That's free business, baby. Doesn't cost you a dime. You bought that lead once. They don't make you keep buying the lead every time you get a referral. Next thing I look at is placement. Got training on this. Not going to touch on it today, but placement. We expect 75% placement. So let's look through your numbers. How much of your business that you're writing is actually getting issued and accepted by the client? A lot of times when somebody is writing great business and making the dials and doing all they're supposed to do, but they're just not making the money they want to make, a lot of times they're just not getting business issued. There's a problem there. And it's a big enough problem. If you don't fix that, insurance companies will terminate you. That's training for another time. Looking at the average application. We expect 1000 now as an average application is what we expect. $1,000 on an annual basis. This person's averaging $887. The apps are a little bit smaller. What can we do to help get the apps bigger? Well, Fitz, I'm just working with all kinds of people that are old or broke and they don't have any money. Okay, whatever, man. Hey, next time you walk out of that broke person's house, uh, take note of how big their television was and whether they had cable TV or not. And ask them who their uh, cable provider is and who sold it to them, because that person can sell. You walk out of a home, somebody's got a 75-inch TV and you didn't sell them a life insurance policy. It's not them that's the problem. Oh, that one's, oh, that stung, fits. Okay, I'll, I'll back off a little bit. <laughs> oh, here's a dinger. When somebody comes to me and they're looking to make some extra money, be more profitable with the business already doing this person's doing everything right, but the referrals on this person 's spreadsheet aren 't good and the annuities we expect one annuity for every ten life apps that 's actually a really low expectation. The annuity companies we represent based on the business that we 're doing they say we should get, get, be getting five or six annuities for every ten life apps here this person got one over the last thirteen weeks that 's a two percent annuity rate we expect ten percent one annuity over the last 13 weeks, do I need to show you the math of what you could have made had you been asking the questions about annuities, getting these green sheets filled out? Purposeful cash flow, baby. So what we've shown you is gunshot wounds. Uh, we've talked about what to train and uh, we've gone through purposeful cash flow. Hope this has helped. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The fits Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact. And send us a message. See you next week.